Hello. What's happening, everybody? This is Matt Arthurs with the Surviving Sticky Situations podcast. We've made it. This is the 11th episode. We're not slowing down anytime soon. Some of you thought I was going to be shutting this down after the first week, but I hate to break it to you. I'm still here, guys. I've got another special guest for you. He was crazy enough to take time out of his day to tell you guys what the world needs. Uh, His story. Um, So I have with us tonight uh, Tyler Manko. Um, And I always like to start with a little Mr. Rogers uh, quote. So I was reading a Mr. Rogers book earlier. It's each one of us contributes in some unique way to the composition of life. So we have some unique stories um, to share, but we're all going through um, similar struggles. So Tyler, would you like to share a little bit about what what you do, what you like to do, where you're from, and your favorite animal? Favorite animal? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, hey, everybody, what's up? Um, No, I am bartender. Uh, here at Call Peppers in Indiana, PA. Um, my what I like to do is I like to uh, act and um, do stuff with movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, well, right on. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, I don't know. It's something that I've always wanted to do since like I was what third grade. What's your like favorite? I used to want to be an actor, but um, but what's your like favorite? Like, what made you want to do that? Uh, honest opinion. Uh, I always hated school, um, and basically, I uh, I was watching Even Stevens the one day. I was I think I was in the third grade, and I found out somehow. I don't remember how I found out. It was some behind the scenes Disney Channel type thing. But I was watching Even Stevens, and uh, <clears throat> I heard that Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf, however you say his name, he didn't have to go to school. He like oh, wow. got like taught on set like in a trailer and like he just acted and that's what he did and I was like that's what I want to do <laughs> so I was just like screw school and like yeah I mean I sort of like went for it a little bit there um, went out to LA for about three and a half months um, and then I like had to dr- end up driving home uh, ran out of money and just like it was like a whole ordeal but I feel uh, you I had a similar similar experience out in San Diego I kind of ran yeah. out. Mostly my car, I had the car troubles, but uh, yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for that, I would have never came up with the idea of the um, surviving sticky situations, because especially out there, you come into a lot of, there was times I was broken down on the side of like the ghetto in the <laughs> most ghetto places, and uh, um, it was just, you know, just the signs were leading me back here to, uh, you know, regather myself, so that's awesome I, I i knew a little bit about that but yeah go ahead keep going oh no yeah um yeah i actually uh i got pulled over on the way home from california in texas uh there's a certain place in austin texas where the speed limit's 85 miles per hour mm-hmm. and i was going 95 mm. <laughs> and uh to like tell you a little bit about the trip is i didn't have that much money in the first place so I stayed in a hotel from like 6 a.m. to noon in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then I drove from Albuquerque, New Mexico back to Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. So by the time I got home, I was up for like 
48, 50 hours, something like that. And then I had to stay awake even longer because I didn't want to like pass out and then wake up at like 1 a.m. and like my sleep schedule was screwed up. So, but anyways, I was driving home from, uh, I was on my way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, going through Texas. And this cop pulls me over and he's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm driving back to Pittsburgh. And like, I was just trying to explain myself. Here the guy thought that I was in the military because he saw like my like military bag that I had bought and, uh, or bought. Sorry, mom, if you listen to this. Um, <laughs> and he, he saw, like, I was wearing this, like, Oakley, uh, it's like an operator's hat. And he was like, <clears throat> you know, you, you got to slow down, man. He was like, so you got to get out of the car real quick. He took, he pulled me out of the car, which scared the crap out of me. I didn't know, like, in Texas, that's like a rule. Like, like it's a law they have to, like, abide by. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put me in the front seat of this cop car with him. And he just, like, talked to me for, like, I think it would be bullshit for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And then he was like... Right, I'm going to print this warning out for you. Just slow down. Like, make it home to your family. Okay. Oh, wow. So, <clears throat> yeah, from that point on, I like, sort of, like, let off the gas pedal a little bit. But, yeah, he, he pulled me over in Texas. And then by the time I got back into Pittsburgh, I hit rush hour. So, like, that was another th- ordeal I had to go through because, like, I was running on literally no sleep. I'd been up for about two days. Oh, wow. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting there having like mental breakdowns in my car, like just like trying to like <laughs> get back because it was freezing out still. This was um, April, mm-hmm. I think, like January. It was like March or April, something like that. But dude, oh my God. I, I, I had people looking at me. I was like screaming at myself in the car. Like, <laughs> Stay awake. Like just the journey and uh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with like the lack of sleep and then you, you're basically driving all night and then you, you just like look around you and there's like just cars everyone's whizzing past you going to work and you're just like trying to like stay in the right lane like basically just like (laughs) going back and forth on the steering wheel just trying to like do whatever you can to stay awake yep oh man but that's good you know you made it back in one piece and you you know you actually went for your your you actually chased your dream and you know um part of Part of success is failing. Like it's not like that. You um, at least you know you tried, and you can always. You, I'm sure you like learned a lot from it. Oh, definitely. Um, and then you can always you know go back and try it again. It's never never too late. So you still want to be like an actor and stuff. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I actually just did a uh, well. It was considered a short film, but it's actually like an episode on this uh, TV show. It's going to be on DVD in February, actually. Uh, called tales from the grave Hmm. and you guys check it out um like i said it'll be on dvd in february um pretty sure you could probably buy it from like amazon prime or whatever but it's a movie or a show so it's a series like it's the second season of the show that this guy had like created in california and like the one guy who was the director he had a friend that was my friend she texted me and she was like hey this guy like just dropped out of lead role um would you be willing to like come and fill in and mm-hmm. I was like hell yeah I was like why not and she was like well it's just not paid just so you know and I was like I don't care it's like getting my face out there you know so um I did that and uh I had a week to learn these lines and uh it was about 27 pages of just me and this other woman like going back and forth it was like an interrogation type scene mm. um but yeah it's an episode it's like 23 minutes long not that long but it's gotten some good reviews I think we had like close to 500 views on YouTube before they pulled it just as like a tester mm, and yeah. uh yeah now i'm gonna be doing another movie with him uh this december okay movie, so. 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's like awesome. So, was, uh, how do you like? You just happen to like know that guy, or like just like through like online searching for it? And just stuff? my friend. She literally, I met her on another movie set. Uh, she was doing makeup and things like that, and she liked my look, and she liked <clears throat> what I brought to uh, to the. I mean, to anything that I did, she just liked what I was doing with uh, my acting skills. Um, she liked me enough to text me and be like, "Hey." your first person I thought of come do mm. this and then the director loved me and he was like we're gonna have you back definitely mm -hmm. so yeah it was just a cool like small world type thing where like you don't really know who you're gonna meet and you always just need to like basically put yourself out there because I mean especially in that world that world like you can meet somebody like Mm -hmm. giving them like you could be a server at a restaurant and be like serving them a coffee and be like hey have you ever like done this before have you ever acted modeled blah blah blah, blah. like you're like yeah yeah and they're mm -hmm. like, all right, cool. Here's my number. This is my agency. It just anything could happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's how, like, a lot of people um, start off. Like, I think I, I always think of, like, Mark Wahlberg, like, stars, like, an underwear model. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, tons and tons of actors. Like, that's, you know, they just have that, like, right look and, like, boom. The next yeah. thing you know, like, you kind of pick up the skills as you're doing it and oh, just yeah, kind definitely. of... Definitely. Yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of watching and just like honing that skill, um, and it's definitely not something that just happens overnight uh, either. <clears throat> I mean, I, I've worked on like quite a few TV shows and movies. Just like I know the one movie that filmed in Indiana, like Southpaw, that was the first movie I ever worked on. Mm. And I remember the first day that I was on set, all I did, and I, I mean, I looked pretty freaking weird, man, because I, <laughs> I, I'm sitting there in this tuxedo. I was a ring girl ballet, and I'm like sitting there in this. I'm watching. Joan Hall, just like in the ring, just like staring at him the entire day. Like I didn't take my eyes off him. And I know that sounds sort of weird, but like, I mean, <laughs> people were looking at me and then I looked and I was like, I looked around and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This is like sort of awkward. Mm. I probably shouldn't just be staring this dude down. But I was just trying to learn like what he was doing and try to like get a sense of what he like his mindset was and like all that. Mm -hmm. But so it was interesting. What yeah. did you do on that? Or like set. So, uh, that was like I said, that was my first movie. Um, and for about a week and a half, I was a ring girl ballet. So I basically just like was in a tuxedo, sixteen, eighteen hours a day. Oh, okay. Uh, helping the ring girls in and out of the ring and like handing oh. them the ring, the round cards. Hey, and that's then, awesome. Yeah. So if I we mean, watch the cool. movie, you'll actually be in there. Like if we look closely, <clears throat> you'll see me in certain scenes. Like it's like real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's, <laughs> there's a hospital scene where he like gets into a car accident, mm -hmm. and like. They, my one buddy, Jeff, who was his stand-in, he's actually in the credits. Um, he was sick, though, that day. And uh, they, they messaged me, and they were like, would you be willing to come and stand in for Jake? And I was mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. So I got to do that, too. I was basically in a stretcher for about three and a half, four hours. Wasn't able to get out of it. Like, that was strapped in, covered in blood. And, like, mm. it was a good time, though. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you seem <laughs> like you have, like, a natural, just, like, instinct for, like, like maybe being on film or um, even like doing like a podcast. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts or anything? Um, I've listened to, I would say like Joe Rogan. Yeah. I listened to a few of his. Okay. Um, and then Bill Burr, I'm like starting to get into a little bit more. 
Yeah, he's got some pretty good ones. Obviously, now I have this one to listen to, so. Yeah, and then you can always critique yourself. See, I haven't gone back and, like, listened to myself, but uh, I've just been doing, I've been trying to do one a day Mm -hmm. and just get, like, smoother at it. Because I know, like, the first couple of whatever whatever you do, it's going to be a little shaky, but, you know, you just kind of work past that. and, And then I think in whatever you do, you just keep pushing through and eventually you get what you want out of it. Definitely, if, yeah. You know, you know, you know what it is you're supposed to do when the when the time's right, and yeah. then um, everything else just kind of your momentum just kind of picks up and and keeps going. So again, I appreciate you just coming and and chilling and talking about uh, life stuff. Did did you? Uh, what was your favorite animal again? That's important. Favorite animal, yeah. Uh, favorite animal. Oh God. Um. I, I mean. It's between a dog and a lion. Mm. <laughs> or actually, you know what? No, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do, uh, you know what? A wolf. A wolf. Yeah, wolves are pretty cool. I've seen, like, some coyotes. They're, like, freaky in, like, videos of, of like, wolves. Like, oh, yeah. they just look... They're, they're big and, like... Like, they, like, eat the entire animal, like, except, like, the head or something. Like, they'll mm-hmm. get it to the bone. Like, they're just, they're pretty sweet. And <laughs> being that, like, pack animal and stuff. I was going to say, I like it because they're a pack animal. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's important, you know, friends, family, things like that. So, that's okay. your pack, right? Definitely. <clears throat> um, people always used to call me Mowgli from the Jungle Book, and he was <laughs> raised by wolves, so... <laughs> I feel like I've always been a wild, wild man. I can see a Mowgli in you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's go into, you say you're from Murraysville. Did you already say that? Freeport. Free, Freeport, that's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, so what else do you like to do in your free time? Um, pretty much just hang out with friends, go out for beers, play pool. Uh I, I mean, honestly, like, I like watching movies. That's, that's like, one of my biggest things. Um, I would say reading as well. What's, like, your top three movies? <laughs> uh, top three movies. Um, shit. Uh, I, honestly, I would say Fight Club is one of them. Um, and then, if you've ever seen the movie Cocktail... Never heard of that. No, it's uh, it, it out. it's with Tom Cruise. It's about bartending and. Oh, I've heard of that. I've, yeah. I think I've heard of that. That it's all like eighties. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's just like about this guy who like he came home from the army and like he tried to go into Wall Street and like everybody that just like turned him down. He was like doing school, um, and then he got into this bartending world. And this guy like basically mentored him into being like one of the greatest bartenders who ever lived or whatever. But no, it's it's a it's a great movie. Um, definitely check it out. Like, it's mm. just a real like, I don't know, underdog I guess type story. Yeah, um, he's got some of those like the color of money or the. There's one about pool. I don't know. It's called like the color of money or something. Color of money. I think that's what it's called. Um, it's an older one. It was like one of his earlier. Are you movies. talking about? Are you Tom talking? Cruise. Tom Cruise had the color of money. Because I'm thinking, or it's uh, I know that there's the one where he's like, "Show me the money," like that one. Are you talking about, or is it um? It's literally about like pool hustlers. It's definitely Tom Cruise. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is it called I, the color Paul Newman. Yeah, what is it? Is that the name of it? Was I right? The color of money. Yep. Okay. It's um. 
Paul Newman teaches him, uh, he's basically like a protege for like how to like hustle and pull and stuff like that. Yeah. It sounds like that It like, um, similar, probably like similar years to what your movie you're thinking of to, or that you like, um, yeah, 90, 1986 is when I came out. Yeah, there's a, a lot of those good older Tom Cruise movies, Born on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. I'm a big movie guy myself, so that's pretty cool. Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun's a classic. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Top Gun, though. Like, really? I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, it's not like bad. I just, I don't think it was like, <laughs> no, yeah. well, you know, it was like, um, it was like made to like get people into like the air force, right? Like it was, uh, well, it was like a propaganda. Navy. Oh, for Navy. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. And, um, everybody thinks the air force is like the guys who fly the jets. It's Navy people who fly the jets. Really? Yeah. They're the pilots. Air, air force people don't air force fly. do drones and computers. And like, I know it's like a huge joke in like the uh, branches of the military. They call them the chair force. Yeah. But but no the the Air Force I mean ah. that's like it's like you know that's like the, the the tech smart people they're like very they're just brains and that's not a bad thing either because obviously the military needs that but mm-hmm. yeah so the Navy yeah Navy like fighter fighter pilots that's what those guys were mm. yeah that's yeah that's interesting because I didn't know any of that um, and I probably didn't know it was the Navy I just got you like get it confused because you're like oh, Air yeah. Force oh they probably fly planes but they're the yeah chair, yeah chair force because when I, I seriously I remember when I was a kid I told my dad that I was gonna join the Air Force and I was gonna be a, a, like a pilot and uh, he was like well you'd have to join the Navy mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I like I learned that he was like it was a Navy like fighter pilot yeah mm. but <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I can see how you get it confused. Huh. <clears throat> um, so have you had, uh, like, some transformative experiences or some struggles that, you know, have made you a better person? Because that's what we're all about here. Oh, before I ask, do you ever see Mad Max? Yeah, of course. The new one? Which, oh, the newest one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, like, my favorite movie. It's good. Yeah. It is good. That's what this podcast is all about, too. It's like, <laughs> it's a Mad Max podcast. <laughs> Dude, Tom Hardy literally, like, I mean, he didn't even have to use words during that movie. It was grunts and looks. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah, I just love, like, the visuals. It just is, like, a, it's just amazing. I don't know. I Like, I, I don't think everyone likes that movie as much as me, but... I I think it I with how like it's all like real stunts and stuff too and explosions yeah. and it just was like seemed so perfectly just entertaining I don't know <laughs> yeah it was put together very well mm-hmm. and another thing was about that um, there was a lot of like powerful female driven characters as well and mm-hmm. that's like a huge thing right now in the, like the industry with like Hollywood and things like that yeah so. And I know, I remember there was an actual, there was an interview, uh, this reporter asked uh, Tom Hardy, they were like, something about, you know, how do you feel like about being surrounded by such strong female leads, like whenever you're the ma- only male lead, basically. And he was like, why would you ask like such a stupid question like that? Basically trying to get him to come out and say like, oh, well, I mean, I was technically the lead, I'm the male, like trying to trick him into saying something stupid. And he was just like... Why would you even ask that question? He was like, yeah. they're great to work with. They're awesome people. Mm-hmm. Like, basically just shut this reporter down. But yeah. Well, it seems like other countries and the other than the United States, I feel like the United States is actually behind a little bit compared to other countries where they're mm-hmm. actually changing their laws and like what you 
um, learn about is like more like um, female oriented stuff or oh yeah I mean people I mean I don't think some people realize how good it is in America considering like what other people go through mm-hmm. female male children whoever it is like what mm-hmm. they go through over in other countries I yeah. mean it's there's some pretty messed up shit out there yeah well, there's like patriarchies where like the men are just like the leaders everywhere mm-hmm. and um, I think a lot of places are like realizing that it's more about like how smart you are rather than just putting men automatically in power too, right? right? You know, it's like, it's like how competent are you? Mm-hmm. Um, that really determines what you, how much power you'll have instead yeah. of just handing the power over to just whoever. Yeah, it's like got to be, you know, they have to be smart enough to like run a country or even just like a government, like in general. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't just like be like, oh, well here we elect you mm. <laughs> you seem like you're tough enough you're like you'll you'll make things right you'll make things better mm-hmm. because that's not always the truth I right mean, they could definitely make things a lot worse <laughs> so going back to your sticky situation what would you like to i know you i talked to you the other day and you said oh yeah i got some good ones for you <laughs> Uh, I mean, I could go the whole way back to when I was like 17 years old, 18 years old. Did um, you have a good childhood? Did you say? Yeah, I had a great childhood. Good. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I grew up in Indiana until I was in like the third grade and we moved to Freeport. Uh, my dad got a job with like Johnson and Johnson selling medical supplies. Um, that's a good, good field. Oh yeah. He loves it. That's what he wanted to do his entire life. Mm. Um, and Basically, uh, I had my, my two little brothers, and we just grew up in a like, basic neighborhood like uh, setting, basically, um, like a plan or development, whatever. Mm. So, you know, grew like really close with my friends in that development, and we have bonds that last to this day. Um, but I would say, yeah, I would say that I had a really good childhood. Um, I, was brought up, I was brought up really well, and... I didn't really have to struggle for anything. It was when I was older, I had to struggle a little bit more because I had to find my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I would say um, like a sticky situation or... Uh, so when you were 17? 17, like 18, I, I was like madly in love with like this one girl. And uh, it ended up, the relationship just ended very badly. I don't want to really say too much about like what happened. I I was... I'll say that I was cheated on. Um, I won't say how many times I was cheated on, but um, I went through this real depressing stage where uh, I like actually tried to kill myself probably three times. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, And I mean, you you know, you're sitting across from me right now and you're just like, well, that's definitely not who you are today. Cause I, uh, nowadays, like I'm like happy go lucky. I always try to find I don't know, the, the better things in life to, like, you know, look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, that time in my life was a very dark and depressing time. Um, I actually made – that was my senior year of high school, and we had to do uh, senior year music videos. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard the song, like, Move Along by the All-American Rejects. Oh, yeah. But, that was, like, a real <laughs> popular song. Right? right, right. So I made my music video to that, and um, you could just tell – in the video, I mean, I wasn't acting. I wasn't doing anything. I was just downright depressed and sad and, like, um, 
I actually had to like I was removed from school probably the last week of school just because like it was too much stress on me. Um, but then I talked to a few people after <clears throat> school had gone out and uh, they all had seen the music video and they were like, "Wow, that was really good acting." Blah blah blah. Like you did really well. And I just looked at him and I was like, that wasn't acting. That was just like, that was me at that moment in time. This mm-hmm. one girl looked at me and she was like, you're going to make me cry. And I was like, no, 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 don't cry. Like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm good now. I swear I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But yeah, I mean, that was probably definitely a moment for me, like <clears throat> where I, uh, I mean, I literally just felt like the lowest of the low for a while there, but I pulled myself back out, dust myself off. Yeah, I feel, um, I was actually talking to a guy last night who was like, had the same thing, like, um, dated someone for like a long time and then they wanted to like get back with their like Mm ex-boyfriend and, um, he was like, (laughs) he was about to do it, but the way he explained it, like he was having this like movie was like playing in his mind of like all the people that would have, he would have hurt if he would have like done that to himself. So yeah, he just like literally had this like moment where like he felt like God was actually talking to him and, yeah. um, you know, he just like said it wasn't worth it. And I think the biggest thing, like, like depression and everything like hurts everyone at some point And in one way or the other, whether it's like the weather or like a girl has you down, mm-hmm. especially girls, like a lot of people like lose their stuff over, bad relationships um but i think like always thinking of that like what your goals are like what am i striving for you know what's what do i want to do you know and it's not about getting to the goal it because like some people get to their goals yeah and then they are miserable because they have nothing else it's actually like the journey getting and always having a goal to get to is like keeps you i think moving in the right direction but that's like um Matthew McConaughey, like he said that one speech. Really? Yeah, there was... Um, <clears throat> there I don't was, think I've heard that, but... There was a teacher or something in his life that said, you know, who's your hero? Who's your hero? And he said, well, my hero's me 10 years down the road. Because I'm going to have all this stuff and I'm going to be doing all this stuff. So he came back about 10 years later and was the same teacher and he said, so, are you like, you know, your hero now? And he goes, me? Oh, no. He's like, I'll never be my hero. My hero's, you know another 10 years down the road for me because I got all this other stuff that this guy's going to do. And like, he's like, you're never going to be perfect. So you just got to keep working towards something and that will keep you going. And that's basically how he lives his life. Family, God, country, like whatever, like that's, that's how he lives. So I sort of took it from that video that, you know, you just gotta, you gotta push through the bad times for the good. You know, mm-hmm. it's always dark before the, it's always darkest before the dawn, like that type of thing, you know, just got to keep going. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like if you're struggling, that means you're heading in like the right direction. And um, I think like just that's why I like I think the struggle is like the central point of this podcast and just in life difficulties and just embracing like the puzzle, like no one ever has everything figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's, it, that's me. If, if everything, if, if you were, if, if there wasn't that fragile, fragileness of life, then there would be like no point to do anything too, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. That's one thing I was reading, um, recently, but, um, now would you have any, um, 
any like how did that experience kind of transform you like what what exactly made you you said you did it like three times or like what you know what turned you around or like what was it that would maybe help someone else that's going through something similar um honestly i think of basically my brothers my mom my dad Mm -hmm. um my family my friends what it would do to them um and i also i've i mean i've had one of my buddies who actually has he, he did kill himself and i've seen now the struggle and the strain that that's put on the rest of his family i mean his sister i feel i mean i i love that family to death i look at his sister like she's my little sister <clears throat> um and I saw the day of the viewing, uh, my brother basically like just broke down and I just told myself that I could never, ever, ever do that or ever have that thought in my head again, because I wouldn't want to put that on my family or my friends Mm -hmm. or anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. so basically if anybody's out there that's listening, um, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely good things ahead. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of how long it will take you to get there. Mm-hmm. And it might not be overnight. Like mm-hmm. it usually isn't. Um, but I would just say that like, you just got to keep your head up and keep pushing. Cause if you don't, there's going to be a lot of people hurt and it might, you know, seem the way that <clears throat> that pain will end for you, but it will make the suffering and pain that much worse for um, everybody around you and, um, it's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not worth it. So that's, I mean, that's what I would have to say to anybody out there who was thinking about it. And there's always help. I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, there's helplines and there's places that you can talk to. I mean, I guarantee you if my buddy would have called me whenever that day happened, I mean, I would have been there in a heartbeat. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to reach out to people either. I mean, there's always somebody there that's going to be there for you no matter what. So, yeah, I would definitely say that. It's well put. Um, so you were also saying you were, like, in the military for a bit. Like, how uh, how did that – you said you were in the Navy or – Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, um, I went to the military after I basically – wasn't really going anywhere with the acting career as far as like making big moves and I was getting older. I'm not getting younger by any means. Um, and I just didn't want to, I, I actually was asked this at boot camp. Um, you know, they asked you like what you did before and like everybody in the division like stood up and like said a little piece, but I said that I just didn't want to be a waste of space. I wanted to actually do something and I wanted to do something for my country and to make my family proud, things like that. But um, yeah, I, I literally, I was working at, I was working back at Culpepper's and it was coming to the end of summer. Uh, I was with another girl who I thought that it was gonna, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't, I, I shouldn't say go the distance because <clears throat> we weren't together uh, that long, but she was, she was a good one. She was one to like hold on to. Like my grandmother even told me, she was like, you don't like let this one go. But it didn't end up working out, and uh, sometimes when you love them, you gotta let them go, right? Exactly, exactly. 
I mean, and hey, man, she's happy now. She's doing her own thing. And she's actually in the Navy. That was a whole thing, too. Uh, I wasn't going to go to the Navy originally. I was going to go to the Army. The only reason that I didn't go to the Navy at first was because I was still talking to her and she was going to be an officer. So you're not really technically supposed to be in relationships or anything like that with an officer if you're just like a recruit or not a recruit, but like an enlisted mm-hmm. sailor. Um, <clears throat> so then when she, when she broke up with me or whatever you want to say, when she stopped talking to me or when we broke up, whatever, um, my one friend's dad told me, he was like, dude, you need to go talk to a Navy recruiter because I think you're going to be a lot happier in the Navy than you will be in the Army. He's like, you're not with that girl anymore, so go talk to him. So I went and talked to this Navy recruiter, and turns out that what they were telling me was a lot better than what the Army recruiter was telling me. Not to say that Navy's better than Army, Army's better than Navy. I think all branches of the military are, I mean, great. And um, much much respect uh, to them, <coughs> uh, obviously. Um, but <coughs> whenever I went in, um, I was there for about two weeks, uh, after I was, I was basically, I was in the late entry program for about six months before I went and I went in and I was there for two weeks and, uh, I like had a few things go wrong when we were going through medical. Um, I, they said my sight, I had a stigma in my right eye or my left eye. I can't remember, but that didn't make sense to me. Cause like before I went in, I had everything checked out and I supposedly had 2020 from my eye doctor back home. And then I had my ears, like, I had trouble with my left ear in the past when I was a kid. Um, and they were like, your hearing is a little bit off in your left ear. And I was like, I mean, I feel like I can hear fine. And then finally it came down to <clears throat> my blood test came back. And um, this, this lady, now they test you for everything when you go in. Like, everything. And I, this lady, she's this doctor, she pulls me into her office and she's like, this is the worst part of my day. Um, and I just looked at her and I was like, just tell me, I was like, what do I have thinking that like, I, I mean, cause I've, I've heard horror stories about people finding out that they've had cancer or AIDS or like some disease that's just not curable. Like, and I'm like, what do I have? And she was like, well, no, it's not like you have anything. You were clean on everything else. And I was like, whoo, yeah. all right. Yeah. I got, I got lucky in a lot of situations in that case. Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> you know, get some. Oh my god, that, that freaked me out. I was like, you have I AIDS. have an STD, I have AIDS, I have something, and I'm like, nope, you're clean, you're good, like, clean as a whistle. And I was like, awesome, good to know. And for anybody who's listening out there, always use protection, don't be an idiot. <laughs> um, don't put it in butts. Yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> um, but, no, so she looked at me and she said, uh, she was like, you have pre-diabetes, and I looked at her and I said... Are we allowed to curse on this? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't. I just looked at her and I <laughs> and I, I sort of. She was sort of taken aback because I looked at her. and I was like, "What the fuck is pre-diabetes?" Um, and she was like, "Um, well," and I was like, I- "I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I apologize." This is, what is that though? Like, I'm a diabetic. She goes, "No, you just you, you're at a higher risk of getting diabetes." And I was like, "Well, how do you know that?" And she was like, "Well, you're you're. I think it was my A1C test or AC1 something blood test came back, and you were two points over regulation." So I was like, okay, so I'm not a diabetic. She was like, no, no. And I said, so it's reversible. She said, yeah. I said, what do I have to do? She told me that I had to lose weight, you know, watch what I was eating, drinking, things like that. And I basically looked at her and was like, well, then I can stay at boot camp, but that's what you guys are going to do for me. And she was like, well, no, regulation states, you have to go home. And I was like, all right, well, 
let's go. Like, get me out of here then. Because I don't want to spend another minute here if I'm not, like, actually going to, like, graduate and become a sailor. Like, that's not, that's, that's what I came here to do. That's what I wanted to do. Um, she was like, well, they're going to put you in separations and then you'll, you'll figure out when you're going on that. And I was like, whoa. I was like, what the hell is separations? I was like, you can just medically discharge me and send me home. And she was like, well, that's not how it works. So I ended up going to separations, um, and I, I remember vividly before I went to separations, I had to go to my, <clears throat> I had to go to my compartment, um, which is basically where my division or my team, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it is technically a division, but to make it easier for anybody listening, like, to, like basically a division is like your, um, your team, like of guys that you're with all throughout boot camp. And I was division, uh, one, two, one, um, and basically what happened was is this guy, my, um, the one officer that was like, he watched over us. Um, he brought me back to the room and I was packing all my things and I just felt so freaking shitty. I was so mad. I was depressed. I was angry. I felt like I was going to be a disappointment when I got home and people wouldn't believe me that like, you know, they like, I just have like, my family's rough when it comes to like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, 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 my parents aren't, but my other family members are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just basically was thinking in my head, like, Jesus, like, what the hell am I going to do now? You know? Um, and the, uh, the, the officer came out of his, out of the office and he was just like, all right, let's go, man. So I'm like walking and he like looked at me and like, I wasn't walking the way that I was supposed to walk in boot camp. There's a certain way that you have to walk. And he just looked at me and he was like, Hey, don't lose your fucking military bearing right now. And I like wanted to look at him so bad and just be like, you know what, man? Go fuck yourself. Like, I, I didn't say anything like that because, A, this dude was 6'4", yeah. like, 230, would have just yeah. beat my ass. So I just continued walking, but, oh, my God. We got the separations, and uh, <clears throat> it ended up that I was there for another eight weeks. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I was there longer than my division was. I mean, I watched my division graduate. Mm. Watched all my buddies that I had made go off and do their own thing. Some of them were stationed in Hawaii. Some of them were stationed, like, in Texas, just Florida. Pensacola, Florida, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was rough. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And when I came home, it was really weird because they say, like, all this stuff about, like, how you're going to have, like, not PTSD, but, like, you're going to have, like, it's going to feel weird the first few days that you're home no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was in this compartment with 380 other guys. Right. And it was always buzzing and bustling around and like all this noise. It was always so loud. Always so loud. Um, and then I caught home and it was just my mom at the house and like nobody was home. It was dead silent. I like went down into my room and I just sort of sat there for a good like hour and a half. No TV, nothing. Just like sort of just sat around. Didn't know what I was doing. Like <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I felt out of sorts. Um, and then my buddy texted me, he was like, Hey man, we're going to shoot pool. Like have a beer. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like yet again, I was sort of depressed at that point, but then I just, yeah, that's <clears> understandable. <throat> I mean, that's, uh, that's just, that's just rough, you know? Yeah. Um, especially with such like, a dumb reason like that. Like it just seems some so small that can be fixed too. It's not like something like I know there's people that literally they break their leg or something yeah. where you like physically can't no longer do the job but mm-hmm. um so I could see where it gets real upsetting. Yeah. Um I think and the whole other thing was too <clears throat> um when I was when I was in separations there were guys 
now, like technically on paperwork, we're considered veterans. And I don't consider myself a vet because I didn't do anything to earn that right. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there were guys, uh, I remember the one time, it was this guy who said that he was like, <clears throat> he pretended that he was going to kill himself because he wanted to get out so bad. My gosh. And I fucking hated this guy. As soon yeah. as he, I was in this group that he was talking to, and he's like, yeah, man, but I can't wait to get home for, like, veterans meals and things like that. And I just looked at him, and I was like, dude, you need to get away from me. I'm going to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was like, oh, yeah, okay, huh, man, like, you're not going to go. And I was like, no, seriously, I'm probably going to, like, rip your fucking throat out if you say anything else. Wow. <laughs> like, I was already in a pissed off mood. This was my second week in separations. Mm-hmm. And I would still not been sent home, so I was even more angry. And, uh, just the people guy. that will try and work things to get a yeah. paycheck out of it, you know, yeah. that's, that is, when you're, like, loyal to your country and stuff, yeah. that's very upsetting, you know? Oh, yeah, just scummy people, man. Just, mm-hmm. just, like, scum of the earth. I hate, I hate, I mean, I still hate that kid. Hate's a strong word, but I feel like it's suitable for that guy. Yeah. Um, but no, so, like, that was another thing that, like, I went through, um, and basically I went and worked at a, at a, like, retail store for about four or five months and I was like I can't do this for the rest of my life there's no way so I looked at my mom and I asked her like if there's any way I could still go back to school like because I have a tuition waiver thankfully she works for the school and uh, she told me yeah um, you just have to go in you have to try to like put in the paperwork da 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 I did so now I'm back in school trying to get that done as soon as I possibly can just get a big boy job and like Mm -hmm. you know what are, what are you hoping to get a, a job in uh, uh, next? So my degree is communications media production. Okay. So hopefully, and I think I'm going to minor in soci as well, sociology. Um, but basically, if I could work on a movie set or a TV show, even if I'm not acting, as long as I'm close to the action, I mm-hmm. feel like that's that would be good is. enough for me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dad always told me when I was growing up, you don't want to work a job that you're going to hate for the rest of your life. You don't want to wake up every morning and hate your life because of your job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I basically just been trying to work towards that now with that happening. Mm-hmm. So, that's what seems like you definitely know movies are kind of what brings you your, like, inner joy. So, definitely. anything that you can do with that. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, and then, I guess when you're in the... How have you been able to, like, heal your mind, body, and spirit from like these situations that you've gone through like what some people it's like god and it seems like god might be part of it and then other people maybe like fitness i'm just giving you some ideas it could yeah. be it could be any if you have other things too i hope no definitely um i i honestly um <clears throat> i was raised in a christian family uh we went to church every sunday uh, did the whole Sunday school thing and, you know, was baptized and had my first communion, all that stuff. Um, and it's not that I'm not religious. I am religious, but <clears throat> I've seen a lot of good people have really bad things happen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's always sort of put me on a track where I'm not sure God's always on my side or their side. So not that, I, like I said, not that it's nothing against religion. I, right, I, right. I think religion's no, a good I've, thing. Uh, yeah, I want everyone <clears throat> to feel like they can... Sp- Speak whatever's on their mind about yeah. it. Any any sub subject, religion, whatever. I like all religions or no religion. Like it's all welcome. Yeah. To talk about what you, however you are feeling now, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I still go to church. Um, we don't go every Sunday anymore. I mean, my family's very busy. Both my brothers are in school now as well. Um, my mom works every day. My dad works every day. So we don't really go out to go to service every Sunday like we used to. But um, I would say um, working out definitely mm-hmm. helped me, you know, change my, uh, my mindset and um, my outlook. Mm. on things especially when you start to like go to the gym and like first few weeks suck you're trying to get back into it and like but then you see the changes in your body start to happen and like things like that um and also when you work out like it's supposed to um it's supposed to raise like certain uh what is it it's in your it's in your brain like there's certain like like, dopamine and yeah 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 so i did that um i started i got like wrist wraps and like boxing gloves and i started like hitting the punching bag things like that Mm. and that like really i mean for me, like letting out aggression is like a big thing, and mm. um, I have quite a few like holes that I had to patch in my house um, <laughs> because of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would say yeah, boxing, going to the gym, those types of things, um, and just being around friends, mm-hmm. people that care about you actually, not mm-hmm. people that are just like there like to say like oh yeah good for you and then not really give a shit like mm-hmm. how you're doing right almost like a like a buffer in between you and like the world almost i could say like i don't know mm. i don't it's, it's what do you like, mean like have people like using you to get to as like a to make them feel better mm-hmm. about themselves i see like, i had a guy from my high school huh. he uh i remember it was right after southpaw and <clears throat> he had just graduated college and he was like a freaking Mr. Big Shot in high school and everything. And um, he looked at me, like I walked up to him and another one of our friends from school. Um, and it was Thanksgiving Eve, actually. Ooh. Like, I don't know how many years ago this is now, but. Um, <laughs> and he was like, oh, what's up, man? Heard you feel out of school again. Like, what are you doing with your life? What's like, what's going on with you? Just trying to like put me down basically. And like after, and this is after I asked him how he was doing and he was like, Oh good. Just got my first house. Like got my job. And I'm just like, I was sincerely happy for him. I was like, Oh dude, that's awesome. Like good for you. Like, and then he just like threw that at me and tried to put me down. Mm. And then I sort of looked at him and I was like, well, I mean, you know, just worked on this movie, got to make out with his playmate. I don't know, like, (laughs) you know, things like that. And he's just, his jaw sort of just like hit the floor. And I was like, all right, man, well, I'm just going to like go over and see like my real friends. So have a good rest of the night. Tell your dad that I said happy Thanksgiving because I actually like him. (laughs) And that was basically it. Like people like that. I know what you mean. Yeah. They just, uh, just, you know, feel like that just, they have to, something to gain over top of you or something you know oh, definitely yeah make themselves some people want to feel like superior alpha male whatever sure or like that their life's they have everything perfect when mm-hmm. on the surface and i think that can be a problem with uh, social media too with people you know showing their like think like their life's like so good but yeah. you know what else is what else is behind there and oh yeah um and it, it's one thing we all have our struggles, but to like, like try and like rub your struggles in your face when we're all on different yeah. paths, you like know, belittle someone for something like that they think isn't that great of a thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, I don't know. It's stupid. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's stupid. Like 
I get what you're saying. You can't let that like get you down. Mm-hmm. You just gotta keep going. Like I said, mm-hmm. that's all you can do. Because if you don't, then you're just gonna stop. And what happens when you stop? Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just stuck. So, no, yeah. definitely you push through. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what are some of like what if you had like one book that you've read that, um, you would recommend to someone? What would it be? Mm. Into the Wild. Into the Wild. Yeah. It's a good one. I know I've seen part of the movie, but mm-hmm. what is it about that book in particular? Um, honestly, it's just about a guy that like, he had everything going for him and he just decided screw it. He like, mm-hmm. he was graduated from like, I think like a top school, like MIT or something like that. I can't remember what school he went to, but he was, he was a smart guy. Um, mm-hmm. his parents always pushed him to like, do this, do that. And he was like, no, that's not what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And then he basically just like, he literally burned like all of his belongings, like not like, not like clothes or stuff like that, but like his social security card. And, like, all the money he had left, he just, like, burned it and, like, started hoofing across yeah. the country. Wow. And he, he, like, he gained a lot of life experiences, worked for a lot of people, did a lot of cool jobs and side work and things like that. And just basically found himself. Um, and I would say he didn't lose his sense of, like, um, not humanity, but um, how would I put it? He didn't, he didn't lose himself as a person. He was always the same guy. He was a very kind, generous person, mm-hmm. always willing to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely ever take, he would uh, like rarely ever take like gifts or money for what he did for people, his deeds. Um, and then he, I'm not going to spoil it, but he ended up going out to Alaska. That was his big thing that he wanted to go out and live in the wild. Like he wanted to live in the bush mm. and survive off of like his own will I guess you could say just like out in the wild so uh, if you haven't read the book definitely read the book the movie's really good too um Mm. but definitely read the book the book is just phenomenal it's a great read that's a cool concept and I've heard of other people like there was some lady she's kind of like famous but she like was like a big lawyer and then quit her job to be like a spear fisherman like so really yeah I forget her name I could probably find her on Instagram or something I remember listening to something on her and that's like that's pretty cool. Like she yeah. she like hated the water. Like she basically, you know, kind of like faced her fears and ended up like falling in love with like being a, a spear fisherman. So yeah, that was, that's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, you never know what you might end up end up doing. You know, <laughs> seriously, mm-hmm. that's freaking crazy. I never knew about that. That's I'll have to look into that actually. <laughs> um, and then do you have any other, like? maybe struggles that maybe have you faced and have pushed through to be like a better person that you want to feel a desire to discuss? Um, I would say, um, basically after my first relationship ended and I was going through that depression, um, I tried to just fill that void, which is like, meaningless like one night stands and just being an asshole (laughs) um and then i basically like looked myself in the mirror the one day and was just like what the hell are you doing Mm -hmm. um and that was sort of a struggle i would i I mean i guess i mean a lot of people i mean there's probably dudes that are like would listen to this and be like oh what a pussy like Uh. oh you're going out having sex with girls like who cares like 
Good for you. But no, it's like, it's, it was a little bit bigger than that because you just like come to a point where you realize like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to like settle down and have a family and like, you know, have somebody there for you mm-hmm. whenever you come home from a long day's work. Like just, and I mean, I don't mean to say that like they need to have like a sandwich prepared for you and like a beer yeah. ready. Like, I mean, just someone to like come home to talk to and just be there to, I mean, for the good times and the bad times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So that's, I mean, that's a struggle that I still go through today. I don't have a relationship right now. I don't have, I mean, and the reason that I don't is because, I mean, I have so much debt right now that I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't afford to treat a girl the way that she needs to be treated anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think that would also tie into credit cards. <laughs> debt from credit cards. Credit cards are the devil. Do not buy a credit card. Don't, don't buy a credit card. Don't, don't sign up for a credit card. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Unless you know that you're going to be able to pay it off. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing with me before I went to the Navy. I had two credit cards and I went to San Diego uh-huh. whenever I saw you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we went out and like, uh, I, that dude, I don't think you ever knew that. Like I was out there on my credit cards. Like I had eight grand. Oh, wow. Decked Been out for that trip. Balling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I told my parents too. I was like, look, I'm going out there. I'm going to live like a king. Like I don't live like this at home. I got, like, a private bungalow. I got, like, a Camaro, like, SS convertible. Like, <laughs> just, like, rented all this stuff, bought all these clothes. Like, I bought a $300 dress shirt. Oh, wow. Why do I need a $300 dress shirt? I was just, like, <laughs> spending money where it didn't need to be spent. And then when we went out that one night, actually. Um, we went to see Tiesto or whatever. Were you there with us when we went out that, like, that night? It was, like... I think so. There was, like, a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all went out there and we were just buying rounds for each other. And I was like, yeah, yeah, shots. Like, I, I need five, six shots. And like, these beers. And they're like, oh, okay. So the total is like 200 bucks. And I'm just like, throw it on the card. Like, no big deal. Just stupid shit. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be in the Navy. I can pay this off. And then that didn't end up working out. Um, and then when I got that retail job, I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to make ends meet. So I opened up another credit card mm. to try to live off that. Which, yet again, big mistake. Don't do that. Um, because joke on me yet again, um, <laughs> I didn't pay it off. I didn't pay it's any. Fun at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pay any of them off. And it's not like I spent like money stupidly. Like I did in San Diego, you know what I mean? Um, I definitely bought some things that I didn't need to, but I put it towards car payments and like, you know, repairs on the car that I had, uh, at the time and, um, just food and gas. And then like when it came to food, didn't really even need to buy food i was just going out to eat because i didn't feel like cooking i was being lazy but um i'm definitely struggling with that right now um i mean credit cards are the devil man uh-huh. i mean i'm paying like 500 600 a month in credit card bills and that's minimum Jeez. wow so <clears throat> i Watch mean out for those people. yeah you know you just you got it you never know um mm-hmm. i would say the first two weren't really my fault because i didn't really expect to get booted from the navy the way that i did yeah. Um, I would say the third one was definitely my fault mm-hmm. and how I like just carelessly spent that money and just gave it away basically. Um, so just kind of having precautions and stuff or always, kind always. Of like safety nets so that you maybe make sure you don't get too crazy with them. Right. Exactly. Don't, don't just go out and like just spend that money. Like it's nothing because I always used to say when I was spending the money, I'd be like, oh, just spending some more fake money because <laughs> that's what it is. It's not real. You're just giving, you have to give that money back is basically what it is. 
Um, and so I would say definitely don't don't get a credit card. Um, but just like I don't know, try to um, also be smart with your money mm-hmm. because you never know. One day you could wake up and be like twenty grand in debt and not know what to do. Mm-hmm. So always be careful with that. But I would say that I've I've um, come to terms with it now and I've been working on paying them off so slowly but surely and hopefully when I graduate school that will be another thing that can uh, help me with that so um so wrapping up here I know you have to get to work soon so uh is there based on what you've kind of been through if someone else was in your a similar situation um what maybe could you what other things could you tell them um that would help them be like the best that they could be um i would have to say one of my main things would be always listen to your mother (laughs) (laughs) always she is Mm -hmm. always right and it's freaking scary but it's true um and now i'm like i said i'm 27 years old and uh, I sound probably like those old people that, you know, used to tell me all the time, you know, listen to your mom. She knows what she's doing, blah, 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 blah. But no, listen to your mom. Listen to your family. They're always trying to look out for what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help ever because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And also, I would just say, like, definitely do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just do what everybody says is the right thing to do. You don't have to be married by the time you're 21 and graduated from school and have a job and have your life figured out. That's not what life is about. Life is about taking risks, being happy, and just doing what you love. So <clears throat> with that, I would also just say yet again, um, for anybody out there that's going through like a depressing time in their lives, that um, always try to stay optimistic. Always be the most optimistic in the room. Positivity. Positivity is key, yeah. Um, and you will gain a lot more friends from positivity than negative mm-hmm. energy. Uh, right. and anger. and Yeah, anger that just draws people away. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Pushes them away, I should say. Not draws them away. But um, yeah, definitely just stay positive in life. And um, always, always, always just um, <clears throat> make sure that what you're doing is what you love. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, really good. And hopefully someone out there uh, listens to this and gives someone a little bit of hope or picks something up from this. Um, It's a great conversation. I think this is great. Mm -hmm. And we'll wrap it up. This has been Surviving Sticky Situations, Episode 11. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.